Welcome to the Just Believe Podcast. I'm your host, Herbie Mack. Look, this podcast is raw, authentic, and unscripted. We're going to turn these hard conversations into conversations. This is the only way we can break the stigma when it comes to mental health and suicide prevention. Now, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review, baby. I need them five stars. Sit back, enjoy the show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Believe Podcast. I'm your host, Herbie Mack. If you don't know who Herbie Mack is, let me do a quick introduction. I am a suicide prevention speaker and coach, and I'm a multiple-time suicide survivor. So when it comes to mental health, this is something that I take extremely serious. In today's topic, we're going to talk about depression. I want to clean up the stigma, and it's not really a bad word. We just don't understand it. Yeah? Only way to do it is to break it down. So I'm going to talk about how many people are affected by depression, what are some of the causes of depression, and also what are the signs of depression. People may not know. so. That being said, let's get right into it. So one out of six people are affected by depression at some point in their life. may not seem like it's a lot. 20%, I know I get it. Oh, it's not that many people. But realistically, it is. 16 million people every year in the U.S. are affected by depression. So not only are they affected by it, but that can affect other lives. And let's clean it up. Let's try to understand it to help others, not only others, but ourselves as well. So now I want to talk about what can cause depression. Now, when it comes to depression, these are some of the things that may cause depression. For example, it can be genetics. It can be passed along the family dynamics. It could be a traumatic experience, such as a car accident, sexual abuse, domestic violence, and so on and so on. Or it can be a major life change, something simple as moving from a place that you was comfortable with to an unknown place. Another thing that it can be, if you're having medical problems, let's say cancer or stroke or something like that, that can cause depression. And another thing that can cause it is if you're on, if you're taking prescription, that can affect you, whether it's physically, but mentally as well. So please check in with your doctor and tell them if it's working for you or not. Speak up. I encourage that to your doctor. And last but not least, alcohol and drugs, that could cause depression as well. So those are some of the things that can cause it. It can be very situational. But before I even get into all of that, I actually want to get into some of the signs that can cause depression. Well, the signs that Maybe depression. Oh, actually, the signs of depression. Sorry, I'm getting tongue twisted here. So you know, I'm um, eager to talk about this topic. So here are some of the signs. I'm just going to read them down the list. Signs of depression. Depression. Having an irritable mood. Mood swings, it seems like. Lack of self-esteem. Feeling unmotivated. Or lack of motivation. How about that? Excessive guilt, always feeling guilty about whatever the topic is, feeling hopelessness, feeling like the sky is falling and it's going to continually fall, anxiety, negative talk, hopelessness as well, and then also lack of concentration, not being able to focus, and last but not least, suicidal ideations. These are some of the signs. Feeling fatigue as well. If I didn't mention it, I want to mention it now. Now, I can speak on my experience when it comes to this. 
I suffer from depression at a very young age, uh, about 14, 15. And it happened with my sister. She had died from cancer at three. And I was depressed. I didn't know how to speak up to my family, friends, really. I was just moping around and uninspired. You know, my confidence was pretty normal for a teenager. You know, I wasn't like an A student or anything. I was like a C plus, B minus, if that, you know. But then once that happened, that life-changing event, I just felt guilty. I couldn't focus. I couldn't understand. I didn't realize I had a voice and how to use it. And I was struggling mentally. Started going to school. Now, not only not caring about school, but caring how I dress, right? Like not really keeping my hair cut and not really keeping my clothes nice and crisp. They was clean, but they was wrinkled as hell. I'll tell you that. But that was some of the signs. And I didn't know that I was going through depression. Nobody was really talking about it. Um, in the area being in the Bronx, nobody was really talking about it, especially in the projects. And then one day, probably about a year, maybe two years, almost, my grandmother called me and was like, hey, you're depressed. You know, you're going through it. I had no idea what it was. I go, going through what? What are you talking about? Depression? What is, what, what is that? And she told me, but I still didn't get it. And yeah, I could judge if you want. doesn't matter. I had to go get an encyclopedia and look it up because we didn't have Google back in the day. Like, honestly, it was just like, okay, let me understand it. And I was able to actually talk to my grandmother. This was the first time I felt like I can vent and express myself without anyone judging. And that is key, right? Finding that right person that you can talk to that's not going to judge you. And actually, it led to an amazing conversation about my grandmother that I had no idea. Sounds weird uh, to not one say this, but um, the thing about it, like we tend not to, we tend to forget that whether it's our parents or our grandparents had a life before us and we have no idea about it. We just get in, introduced to them as mom, dad, or grandma, or granddad. So that helped me out, kind of gave us like more things in common that I didn't even realize we actually had in common. And that helped me out in the sense to trust that. And you know, I was showing all the signs. For example, I was home playing video games a lot. Didn't really want to do anything. I wasn't exercising. And she was like, hey, well, you know, you're not playing basketball as much as you can. Uh, as much as you're used to, you're slowing down. Why don't you play it? And I decided to, yeah, let me play it. And basketball, I would say, was a, a very powerful coping method. And this is one that I'm not going to say, hey, you should do this. But I can suggest is exercising. And that helped me playing basketball, you know, getting on some teams. I had a good support system, right? You, your teammates become not only teammates, but family. So you start getting close to them and you can express yourself in a sense where, hey, man, this person actually get me, get where I'm going. You know, they, they got me. That helped out so much. Even though like, you know, just like any family, sometimes we don't all match, mesh very well. But guess what? We still love each other. And that's perfectly fine. Um, but that helped me out. And during that time, I got out of it, right? And it's something that, that, that I learned during basketball. I would never forget this. When my coaches said, hey, Herbie, what's the weakest part of your games? What is the area that you need to improve on the most to become a better player? And my natural response, I don't know. You, you're the coach. You tell me. And for him, he was like, I'm going to help you 
identify this area. So when you come back, or even when you come back during the season, you can be the best version and nobody can stop you. I'm just going to drop that nugget there because I'm going to go back to it later. But as that helped me out during that time in that process, I was able to get out and, and realize that, oh, okay, cool. Like, it's not that bad. I was kind of at peace. Uh, my appetite was actually feeling better. Um, that's another sign of depression when you don't really feel like eating that much or, you know, you don't want to eat. And I went back to eating and I was doing better. And then I decided to get up and move to the state of Florida, which I'm still in here now. And I was doing okay during the moment, but I wasn't fully over my trauma, right? The traumatic experience of losing a loved one, especially at an early age. And I kept a lot of my emotions inside and bottled up because I didn't really know how to express them. And what that led to is me having suicidal ideations and attempt. And thankfully, speaking to the pros is what I call them, the counselors, the social workers, the therapists, the psychiatrists. Um, you know, when I check myself into a mental health facility, one of the uh, counselors recommend writing. And since I viewed life as like, you know, basketball is like my favorite thing, my my love, you can say. Um, I looked at it as, as basketball, right? Like, how can I improve? What are the areas that I can improve? And I, I referenced, and I use the reference of basketball a lot because, uh, you know, one of the offense I learned was like triangle offense. Uh, so when I started journaling, I started journaling for six months. And in the sense of journaling, like when it comes to the triangle, I was able to break it down, right? The first layer was my behavior patterns. And, oh, well, while I was breaking it down, yeah, before I even get to the breakdown, I had two different journals. So one was releasing all my emotions and the other one was identifying what, what was the issues, what was the, the areas to improve. So the first thing I realized for the triangle was my behavior, the first layer man, when I have these sad thoughts, this is what I do. I either eat like crap or I drink a lot of Hennessy. Why is that? Two, trying to understand my thoughts. What was I thinking during this time when I was drinking and eating horrible? <laughs> and then three, it was the feelings and trying to understand that. And I was able to break it all down like that. And that helped me out in a sense where it was like, these are the areas I need to improve. I'm not, one, I'm not, playing basketball as much as I used to um, as a teenager, young adult, I'm not exercising. Here I am paying for a gym membership that is like $20 a month and I'm not even going, you know, like in January, it was like, yeah, we're going to go to the gym. We're going to do right. I'm not even doing that crap. I'm just getting charged and being okay with getting charged. And I started going to the gym about twice a week. Started playing basketball once a week, twice a week. And simple things like that help in breaking that behavior and that pattern helps out so much. Then I realized like when it, my diet was trash, I was eating everything from like checkers to uh, Applebee's to Papa John's, Domino's, oh, Pringles. They didn't lie. Once you stop, once you pop the, the front don't stop or whatever that slogan is. Oh. And drinking a lot of soda along with liquor, but I realized I was doing that and I had to start eating healthy. And I realized once I changed my diet from like eating everything to pretty much a vegetarian, but I actually a pescatarian because I love 
lobster and I love oysters. You can judge all you want, but they're amazing. But changing my diet and actually cleaning it up and yeah, adding more greens helped out so much. Um, and then changing my circle, right? Building a circle that one was going to push me to do things that I, that I wasn't doing as far as like exercising, working out, going outside on activities, people that wanted to go to the beach or just wanted to just go for a mile walk, which was amazing because when you walk and you're just getting, getting rid of those negative thoughts. And then as I speak to negative thoughts, I want to talk about positive thoughts. Start understanding that I want to say this to a child. Why would I say this to myself? I started speaking that positive talk into my life. And then um, what else is another thing that, yeah. Yeah, the, another thing was the support system, having the right people as well. Like I know I talked about hanging out with the right people, but having people that you can talk to, vent, and they won't judge you helps out in so many ways. Um, the non-bias is key. You know, calling you out even if you're wrong, even though you feel like you're right, but calling you out and having those people to hold you accountable is so much, so much beneficial. Like it, it's, oh, oh man, it's, it's, it's a lifesaver, like for real. Um, yeah, those are some of the things that helped me out. But really understanding that everybody goes through depression and it's a bad day, not a bad life. That was the thing that, that helped me get it, right? Not only do I do the journaling, but if I don't journal, right, which I may not do all the time, I use this phone and we have these things that's called voice notes, right? So, you know, most people are always on their phones. So I was like, well, let me do send a voice note to myself. And I actually enjoy the voice notes better than writing, to be honest with you. Because one, I can hear how I sound during that moment, right? Because sometimes you write it and you're like, oh man, I think I was pretty mad, which may not really be that mad. Or, you know, you, oh man, I felt sad during this time. But now I can hear the pain in my voice. I can hear the anger in my voice. I can hear the happiness. And it really helps me understand that. I have tons of voice notes that I go back to and I listen so I can understand. I try to break it down. I try to break it down um, probably like once every two weeks or something like that. Or if not, definitely once a month. I don't do it right away. Like I listen to it, I, you know, I record for that week and go back and listen to it so I can understand my feelings. Um, you know, I just don't want to, oh, I wrote down my feelings. Or I said it now, let me delete it. Sometimes I think it's beneficial to just process them and understand what is triggering you so you can become the best version of you. Um, and then learning this too, guilty. Right. I used to always like blame myself for like being guilty, like, you know, on the blame game, like, oh, if something happened wrong, it's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. And learning that it's not my fault. Right. Like, you know, for example, my sister died from cancer at three. There was nothing I can do. But I used to blame myself for it. Right. And I just had to understand that that's part of life. And it's pain, even though it's pain, you know, and it hurts. What can I learn from it? And for me, it was like, life is, stop taking life for granted. You're here, right? She's not, you were here, do stuff that you wouldn't do before, right? Like, and, and I did that, you know, as far as like traveling a lot more, you know, and it's not being boxed in into like, oh, let me just be in the house and just chill. Like, no, like actually 
doing other things to, to live life. That's what I want to say about that. When it comes to depression, um, those are some of the things that help me out. And if you are someone that's suffering, or not even suffering, I don't want to use that term, but if you are someone that's having depression right now, going through a mental health challenge, please understand it is a bad day, not a bad life. Don't be scared to use some of these resources right here. And also the resources in the description as well. And if you're someone that's just trying to understand it, trying to learn it, look, this is what I'm suggesting or what you can do is not only provide the resources that I have here, but sometimes just being a good listener for some people. You don't have to sit there and listen to reply. You can just sit there and listen to understand that this person's hurting or they're overwhelmed and they just need a good ear and a good shoulder to cry on. And that's perfectly fine. Depression happens, as I said, one out of six people. And let's normalize it and support one another when we are going through a mental health challenge. This has been the Just Believe Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll see you next time. Peace. Today's episode of the Just Believe Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're currently going through a mental health challenge, don't be scared to look in the show notes and reach out to those resources. If people are going to put labels on you, tell them, look, labels are made for jars, not people. Whatever obstacles that's facing in front of you, you can overcome that as long as you just believe. Until then, I'll see you next week. Peace.